Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Go There, the podcast about searching for God in a post-truth era. And I'm here with Mark Brewer. How are you doing this week, Mark? I'm doing pretty good. We're on like day 700 of rain. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. We're in we're in flood zone. <laughs> yes, yes, But we we're are. not going to talk about Noah's Ark today, no. I don't think. This time we're in a series about God's name, but it's not really about names. It's a bit more about character, characteristics, traits, that kind of thing. And last week we talked about how God calls himself I am, the unspeakable, unpronounceable name. This week we're focusing on Redeemer. And Mark, you mentioned that most people think of this as returning empty bottles to a redemption center, and that's probably not what we're talking about here. So how would you define Redeemer when it applies to God and God's name? Yeah, I think redemption is, it's almost a trade. And so I'm I'm trading you bottles. I'm trading you my garbage, but I'm getting something better than that in return. And so when it comes to God, it's us giving something to God and and getting it traded for something that's much better. Mm. That's probably the most simplistic way to look at it, but it's an exchange that goes in your favor. Mm. What does it look like for God to redeem you and I? How does Mm. he do that? I think when God redeems us, it really comes down to certain circumstances and situations where I'm going through something difficult or painful or not enjoyable, maybe the equivalent of my garbage, and God somehow miraculously, like he can, ends up exchanging it so that I get something way better in return for it. I don't know how he does it other than it's his nature. Mm-hmm. That he, he has a way of working things out, and we'll get to that later on in the podcast, mm-hmm. but he's just got this incredible ability to navigate through the details of our life so that when it comes out on the other end, I look back and go, wow, there's no other explanation for how I'm here today, having endured that, and God's hand was on me. Now, the cool thing in this series is we're going to get to hear from other people and their stories. So this week, we have a story that we're going to share, and it's uh, Brian who shares a story. So maybe introduce us to Brian a little bit, and then we'll listen to him share. Yeah, Brian and his family have been coming to Crosspoint for a few years now. He was one of our military families. We have a, a good handful of those. It's really a story that probably we're getting more familiar with as the days go on. After four or five different missions and trips, realized that he was really wrestling with some significant emotional and mental health issues and ended up being hospitalized for it almost to the brink of of suicide i mean it's a difficult circumstance he's married and he has a a daughter and the way that god kind of turns his life around is is pretty awesome the story is powerful i loved that he was able to share that for us but that's that's brian awesome well let's uh, take a listen Hello, I'm Brian Rimplainen. In my youth, I had uh, felt the Lord's presence in my life. Uh, In 1990, I joined the military. And in the span of 10 years, I completed five missions. Uh, One to Cyprus, three to Bosnia, and Eritrea, Ethiopia. I went down the wrong path in my life and away from God and I was lost until I met my wife Heather. 
she helped me to know him again and as my family we uh, came to Crosspoint in 2012 where we felt at home. Uh, we were posted to Ontario in 2013 uh, but we could not find uh, the peace that we had before. It was there that I spiraled to a crisis point and I was given a medical category with employment limitations and we were granted an exemption to return back to New Brunswick. My wife supports me with great love and compassion and although I continued to struggle, the Lord's presence revealed itself again. A relapse of my condition in August of 2016 uh, led me to a dark place of suicidal ideation and I was uh, admitted to the hospital for two weeks. Finally, after years of struggle, I was diagnosed with uh, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Bayes Padres had uh, brought me a Bible and Psalm 91, which gave me strength. Mark also came to pray with me and pray over my family so that we would have time to rest and heal. God has shown that he is beside me even in my darkest of times. His presence surrounds me and lifts me up. Uh, as my military career ends, I lay myself at his feet, bare, redeemed, and allowing his will to guide me forward. All right. When you think about Brian's story, Mark, I remember in your message you also talked about King David, that King David at one point had it all going on, and then things crumbled around him and fell apart, and then God redeemed him. I'd like you to maybe talk about David's story of redemption and then also maybe parallel that in some way with Brian's story. Yeah, David's story, he had everything going for him. Young guy, was about to become the king, had lots of power, was well-loved, good at military battles and just everything, you name it, and ends up making a terrible decision and cheats with a, another man's wife and she ends up pregnant and he tries to cover it up and just that classic tale of where one lie turns into another and it gets out of control and it all comes crashing down and then he's caught and confesses and it's certainly a lot of pain for David and it would have taken a toll on his rule it had long-term implications for his family and it was just you know kind of that whole I had it all and I lost it all and God still ends up turning around his story and David ends up playing a key role in the genealogy of Jesus, right? Which is a pretty significant act of God. So the parallels between David and Brian, it, it's a little different because David's story was pretty self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. these, these were bad decisions that he made that led to his downfall. Uh, whereas Brian's weren't necessarily his fault. It was more circumstantial and life happened and he had to deal with the outcome. But both both characters, both Brian and David, 
end up in a really difficult, dark place, and they wonder, what's next? Where do I go from here? And they see God pick them up and lead them through, and they come out on the other side of it, even though it's a journey. And this is not instantaneous, but at the end of that journey, they can look back and say, wow, God's hand was on my life. I'm much better off today than I was. I learned a lot having gone through that. God's set me up to lead better and live better because of the the circumstances that I went through. Mm. It's being at the end and God still being able to pull something off. Yeah, and I remember how you read First Chronicles 29, which talked about David's life, that he ruled over Israel 40 years, and it said he died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. So in spite of what he did that, you know, you'd argue was dishonorable, um, mm-hmm. he ended life with honor. So God turned that around for him. Now, you talked about, okay, there's these individual redemption stories, but that there's this ultimate redemption of all people. You said that was accomplished by Christ, and you quoted this Old Testament prophecy where you said that it foretold God's intention to redeem all of humanity. So how is this prophecy fulfilled? Yeah, the prophecy of Isaiah talking about Jesus when he is coming uses phrases like good news to the poor, he's going to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness the prisoners, comfort all who mourn. And uh, one of the lines I kind of keyed in on was, and he'll bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And it's just that picture where the Messiah who is coming is going to have the ability to take us in our most broken, wounded, difficult places and bring good out of them. And so mourning, if your story is despair and mourning because of Jesus, someday there will be praise and there will be joy where you've had everything kind of burned to the ground in front of you and all you have is ashes. Jesus is going to be able to somehow bring something beautiful out of those And so it was almost one of those hold on to hope. This isn't the end of the story. A difficult chapter doesn't have to be the last page of the book, but Jesus is coming and has the ability to redeem every one of those stories. Hmm. Everybody has this question at some point in their life. They wonder why God, you know, if he's a good God and he's powerful, lets us go through things that are difficult, through pain, through things falling apart. And you told the story of Joseph. I think you said it was your your favorite story in the Bible, where he had to go through some hard stuff just to get to a place where God would use him really to save thousands of lives. Maybe you could take us through that story a bit. And my question is, do you think that's a common pattern? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's, if it's sacrilegious to have a favorite Bible story, if that means <laughs> <laughs> if one story is better than the other, but I really like this story. So Joseph's story, it doesn't start well. His brothers throw him in a pit. They're jealous of him. He's kind of the favorite brother or the, the favorite son. And he gets sold to slavery and and has to leave his hometown, leave his family, works as a slave. He ends up in Pharaoh's home where he's going to be one of those servants. And actually, he's doing pretty well and then ends up being falsely accused by Pharaoh's, one of Pharaoh's wives and ends up in prison. And so, I mean, it it goes from bad to worse. And it just, Mm -hmm. the story just progresses where he's sitting in prison for a decent amount of time. But because of that, It leads him to conversations where he's able to interpret dreams through a gift that God has given him, which gets him out of prison and he climbs the ranks. And, you know, end of the story, he's one of the most powerful men in all of Egypt Mm. because of 
his relationship with God, he's able to save that nation from an impending famine. And one of the twists in the story, of course, is that his brothers show up many, Mm. many years later to get food Mm. from that famine. And that's their reuniting moment. And they're shocked, obviously, that Joseph is there in that capacity. And he, he feeds them this line, just the, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Mm. which I thought was an incredible way to look back at a very painful story. He had every mm. right to be angry, upset, and bitter that the prime of his life life was mm. wasted in slavery and prison, Yeah, but instead is able to look back and say, I'm only here because of the way God's hand has been on my life throughout this entire story. Mm. And so the picture of redempt- redemption there is that you know, oftentimes we go through these painful situations and we do get mad at God and we want to blame God. But what if he's using those circumstances to get us to a spot where we actually are better off on the other end of them? That if we've actually gained something and gained opportunities and relationships and strengthening that otherwise, had we avoided them, we wouldn't have experienced those Mm. things. I don't believe that God makes us go through a lot of those hard times, but he certainly allows us to go through those hard times but is able to bring good out of them Mm. and turn them around for us. Mm. It's really incredible reaction, isn't it? Because you'd think most of us would be like, now it's payback time, right? He's like, he has the power, the authority, the food. His brothers put him through all that. And he's like, oh, now you're coming to me. But he doesn't only let them off, but he explains to them, you guys don't realize I'm here because... God intended this for good. Incredible yeah. perspective, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have been that gracious, no. but no, he, uh... he does string them along for quite a while, actually, in the story. Does he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, some people might think, okay, that's okay for Joseph and all these other guys in the Bible, but my stuff is just too big or it's too messed up or it's just too impossible to fix. It happened too long ago. And so I don't know that that same redemption or path or fate is is available to me. And you read Romans 8.28, and I'd like you to share your thoughts on that. Yeah, Romans 8.28 says that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so you look at the truth in that is that, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. What that can tell me is the word everything there means everything, right? You do a thorough Greek and Hebrew study real quick, means everything. And so it's it's one of those things where, deep. yeah, no matter how massive a mess I've gotten myself into, nothing is big enough that it is beyond God's redemptive capabilities. There's nothing that he is able to look at and go, whew, no, that's that's too big for me. You, you really messed it up that time. There, there's nothing like that. He's capable of taking everything in my life and somehow pulling good out of it and bringing beauty out of those ashes. And so the flip side is also true that no matter how small of a dumb decision it is that I've made, mm-hmm. he's still capable of bringing good out of it. We're so dramatic sometimes and we make a terrible decision and we think that's it. You know, where do I go from here? Whether it's a a job or a bad grade in school or a relationship that falls apart, it doesn't matter how significant or small. God is working all of that stuff mm-hmm. for our good. And there's that's just so encouraging for people like us who have a tendency to keep making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You shared another story of Brahab. I think that one was interesting because I think you said, you know, she grew up as a 
prostitute, not something that little girls aspire to, but that was an example of a, a story of redemption. What was the, the kind of story there? She ends up being the one person in, I believe it was Jericho, and God's people are looking to kind of take over the city and, and start claiming their promised land. And she ends up helping them accomplish that in a roundabout kind of way. And so when the day comes that they destroy that city, they actually save her and she kind of joins them. And she's talked about years and years and years later mm -hmm. uh, in Hebrews 11, where they're listing all these heroes of the faith, people that you recognize and, and would think of like Noah. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's Rahab's name, right? This mm -hmm. prostitute who helped God's people take over the land. Mm. And so it's just that story of you're not too far gone. Yeah. You haven't made too many bad decisions that you're somehow out of God's redemptive arena, but he he's able to reach in mm. and and use you for some great purpose. Mm. I like how you said he is a God who takes the dead end and makes it a future. And then you said God says, "Hand me those ashes and just watch me." So if I'm feeling that way a little bit, like I'm kind of dead end or lots of ashes or living in these difficult circumstances, what was your invitation to people in that current circumstance? Well, for one, it's to recognize and be encouraged by the truth that God is capable of working that out for his people, even though it probably wasn't fun for Joseph to be a slave or to be imprisoned. He never shied away from his relationship with God, never walked away from God, never got angry or bitter enough that, that he somehow lost all hope. But it, in fact, it was that hope that maintained his relationship with God. And so even knowing in the middle of your darkest moments that this isn't it, it doesn't have to be it, that, that God is still with you and helping you and speaking to you and using you in these times. Sometimes that is just a good reminder. It's worth getting out of bed today. Mm. God's got this. He's working it out. Mm. And so that's kind of a phrase we kept using throughout the sermon is he's working it out. Even if today's hard, he's working it out. Mm. And then we just, we just kind of closed with a, a big prayer time for mm. everyone to be able to just kind of throw up their arms and say, that's me right now. I'm in the middle of it. Maybe I'm in the middle of the fire, or maybe I'm holding the ashes after the fire. Mm. But it was just one of those come, come to God and be encouraged and refreshed, knowing that he is God, the redeemer. Mm. And he's, he's working it out for you. Yeah. So maybe if you don't mind, Mark, I'd love to ask you to pray either for people who are listening, who find themselves in that position, or maybe maybe even pray with them, or so they could pray along with you, you know, right, if they're in that right. position saying, okay, God, I am there, and I do want to invite you to help redeem my situation. Mm -hmm. Would you mind doing that? Absolutely. Yeah. God, we thank you that you are a redeemer. And for all of the times that we can look back in our lives and recognize that you brought us through that and what we learned and what we gained and how you used it. We are incredibly thankful. And uh, specifically today, God, I pray for those who find themselves in a dark, difficult season, unsure as to what's next and how to get there and when it's coming. We just pray right now that you would give them an incredible sense of your peace and your hope, a sense of your presence carrying them and seeing them through these days, knowing that they're not walking this path alone right now, 
uh, but that you are with them and you are working it out for them. And so I, I just pray, Father, that you would give them that sense of encouragement. And also, Father, maybe there are people here who just simply need to ask you to be a part of their lives. That verse, verse indicates that you are working it out for those who love you. And so we do pray for those today who need to simply say, God, I need you in my life. Jesus, I've never really called on you before, but if you would if you would come into my life and help me out and see me through this, that would be incredible. And and maybe, you know, sometimes these seasons are what it takes to get people there. And so Jesus, I just pray you'd speak to people now, help carry them through, and may they find you in these seasons. And so we thank you and we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm.